quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The season finale of Who Wants to Be a Supreme Court Justice? Now, just hours away. Plus, Donald Trump's new attorney tells Donald Trump's former attorney to just tell the truth. Is this a case of be careful what you wish for? And did President Trump get anything more than a handshake from North Korea? His Secretary of State is trying to figure that out. This is the State of America tonight. I'm getting very close to making a final decision. The president will make this public primetime announcement revealing his nominee to the Supreme Court. I do not expect that Michael Cohen's going to lie. If he believes it's in his best interest to cooperate, God bless, he should cooperate. I think it's been clear that Michael Cohen feels uh, somewhat betrayed by the president. North Korea reaffirmed its commitment to complete denuclearization. There's no doubt in my mind that it's the Chinese pulling the North Koreans back. The Singapore summit last month was really not much much more than a reality TV handshake summit. Hello, everyone. I'm Kate Baldwin, live in New York. To our viewers watching around the world, this is State of America tonight. Managing expectations is half the battle in life, I'm sure, and probably more than half of the battle when it comes to Washington. Set them low, and you can always then claim that you've over-delivered. We do that every day. But once again, President Trump is not doing any of that. Building up the suspense and setting expectations oh so high when it comes to many things, including his Supreme Court pick. Tonight, President Trump will roll out his choice to fill the soon-to-be-vacant seat on the nation's highest court. And he's building expectations like it's the season finale of a reality show. I'm very close to making a decision. Have not made it official yet, obviously. Have not made it final, but we're very close to making a decision. Let's say it's the four people, but and they're excellent. Everyone, you can't go wrong. But I'm getting very close to making a final decision. Though that big decision won't be revealed until his primetime address tonight. The fight over the path ahead, fight over the path ahead is already, though, well underway. If you look at what the president said, which is he will nominate someone only if that person is committed to automatically overturn Roe v. Wade. I've argued cases uh, before the Supreme Court for them. I've never seen a president of the United States, in effect, make himself a puppet of outside groups and choose from a group of right-wing fringe ideologues that are prepared on this list. Here's the truth. Donald Trump could nominate George Washington or John Marshall, and they couldn't get through. Maybe a handful of Democrats will vote for a Trump pick because they have to politically. I've never seen it this dysfunctional. Dysfunctional or not, the math is still the same. The nominee needs a simple majority in the Senate to be confirmed. Republicans currently have a 51-vote slim majority. One Republican is likely not going to be there. That is John McCain, who is out battling brain cancer. So Republicans really cannot afford to lose a single Republican senator if Democrats are unified and vote against the nominee. 
There are four front runners right now to be the pick, all considered conservative, but all clearly very different people with very different track records. So no matter who the president chooses, no matter how splashy the rollout, no matter how high the expectations, one big part of this still is the simple, boring math. This all comes down to both credentials and confirmability. And for, you know, several, the the last two weeks since Justice Kennedy announced his retirement, it's all been about who's going to be the splashy candidate that uh, Donald Trump will pick. But now he's got to think about who can he get through without spending too much political capital and making sure Mitch McConnell can work with uh, who he chooses. So from those expectations to some other great expectations, the battle royale brewing between Donald Trump's old attorney and his new one, and also Bill Clinton's old attorney thrown in just for good measure. First, the new attorney, Rudy Giuliani, back on the airwaves and making waves at every turn yet again, suggesting a new bar has been set for Donald Trump to sit down with special counsel Robert Mueller. Well, we'd like to know if there's any factual basis for the investigation originally or they've developed one because we can't find one. So what's new there? Well, they've now gone from we want questions for the president in writing to we don't want it to be too long of a sit down. If we do an interview to now, prove to us that you need to exist at all and we'll consider it. But also consider this, the advice that Giuliani has also had for Trump's former attorney, Michael Cohen. If he believes it's in his best interest to cooperate, God bless him. He should cooperate. I think the man has been horribly treated by the people he's going to cooperate with. But that, you know, sometimes you have no other choice. I do not expect that Michael Cohen's going to lie. I think he's going to tell the truth as best he can, given his recollection. And if he does that, we're home free. Memo to Rudy Giuliani. What you think is home free might and may night might not actually be home free. Sources tell CNN that the man who was known as Trump's ultimate loyalist, Michael Cohen, is now leaving all of that behind. Don't take my word for it. Here's Cohen's new lawyer, Lanny Davis, who was an attorney for former President Bill Clinton, writing this on Twitter. Did Rudy Giuliani really say on Sunday shows that Michael Cohen should cooperate with prosecutors and tell the truth? Seriously? Is that Trump and Giuliani definition of truth? Trump and Giuliani next to the word truth equals oxymoron. Stay tuned. Translation, not like you need one. Get the popcorn ready. Michael Cohen is ready to fight fire with fire. I think that uh, Michael Cohen has decided to fight back against Rudy Giuliani and his client Donald Trump. And my sources are telling me that uh, he said that the truth is not you or your client's friend. This from the man who said he'd take a bullet for Donald Trump. Now it's definitely, I don't know, sounding like not so much. I think we're witnessing the reinvention of Michael Cohen. He now has his own sort of Giuliani in Lanny Davis. I mean, Mm -hmm. the two are kind of like doppelgangers in that regard. They can come out from a PR standpoint um, and really throw some, some punches. And is throwing punches also what we are now looking at with regard to U.S. negotiations with North Korea? After a new round of meetings between the Secretary of State and North Korean officials, the North now accusing the U.S., in their words, a gangster-like mindset, adding that the attitude shown by the delegation was not in the spirit of the June 12th summit between the president and Kim Jong-un. Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State, afterwards saying it was anything but that. I am counting on Chairman Kim to be determined to follow through on the commitment that he made. 
Uh, and so if those requests were gangster-like, they are, the, the world is a gangster because there was a unanimous decision at the U.N. Security Council about what needs to be achieved. Uh, the, the statements that were put out, Chairman Kim's statement following our discussions, um, continue to express his desire uh, to complete the denuclearization to which he is so committed. So here's where managing expectations or not comes in. After the summit, you'll remember the president, President Trump, declared North Korea was no longer a nuclear threat. Yes, he did. Today, it's hard to see how he is maintaining that optimism. You would note maybe something of a different tone in his tweet today. With this, I have confidence that Kim Jong-un will honor the contract we signed and even more importantly, our handshake. We agreed to the denuclearization of North Korea. Democrats not seeing any signs, though, moving that this is moving in, the, in that direction, and thus not impressed. I commend Secretary Pompeo for how hard he's trying to make something out of nothing. But so far, I don't see that we've accomplished much. And my concern is that President Trump unilaterally gave away doing military exercises with our vital allies, South Korea and Japan, without consulting with them. Uh, and we got nothing but empty promises of denuclearization from Kim Jong-un. And at least one longtime analyst says the White House has mismanaged expectations on this one from the beginning. Without their nuclear weapons, they never would have gotten the summit. Why would they give up what the incredible. very assets? So it's not simply that we misplayed the summit. It's the, the entire assumption that, that we could set the bar this high and we were going to get everything we wanted and we weren't going to pay anything for it, essentially, until the end. It was just flat out wrong. So Trump couldn't have set the bar much higher for the outcomes with North Korea. So far, not able to deliver. But he will be able to deliver on one thing tonight, announcing his Supreme Court pick. But with that, whose expectations will he be meeting? Just as he would like. We will all have to stand by to find out. Let's get over to the White House, though, on this very topic, where President Trump is preparing for that big reveal. Jeremy Diamond is there, and he's joining me right now. So, Jeremy, has he made up his mind yet? Uh, that is the big question still here today at the White House, and I think that's the way the president seems to like it. Uh, kind of that high drama last minute is, you know, is he deciding between two contenders, between four contenders? All of these balls still up in the air as we are hours away uh, from the president announcing his Supreme Court pick. Remember last time when he announced Neil Gorsuch? That stayed pretty much under wraps until the very moment that he came out and announced that Neil Gorsuch was his first uh, Supreme Court nominee uh, to, to take that, uh, fill that voice. Uh, from Antonin Scalia. Tonight we will find out who uh, he will fill uh, Justice Anthony Kennedy's vacancy on the bench. Uh, what we have learned today, however, uh, is that the president is still apparently deciding between those top uh, four contenders, uh, Kavanaugh, Kethledge, Hardiman, uh, and uh, Coney Barrett. Uh, those are the top four contenders as of now. Uh, there has been some suggestion that he's whittling those down to two or perhaps three, but as of last night, the president himself was still saying that any of those four candidates would be great uh, and that he is still trying to make up his mind between those. We have also learned uh, that the White House has selected a Sherpa. This is going to be the person who's going to help this uh, Supreme Court nominee get through that confirmation process in the Senate. It is going to be uh, former Arizona Senator John Kyle, who used to be the top, uh, the, the number two uh, Republican uh, in the Senate before uh, he retired uh, from the Senate. But all of this is going to come to a head tonight at 9 p.m. with that high drama as the president 
president likes it. He was tweeting already this morning that this is one of the most important decisions uh, that a president can make. Uh, and again, telling folks 9 p.m. tonight, tune in. Uh, so that is how the president likes it. And that is uh, appears to be how the president will have it tonight. Then we will, of course, have the next scramble to actually get this person uh, confirmed. And the question will be how many of those red state Democrats will the White House be able to get on board? Uh, a lot of political implications there for the 2018 midterms. Kate. The Supreme Court Sherpa, still one of my favorite technical terms that we use in Washington. Great to see you, Jeremy. Thank you. Going to Sherpa you into the break. Still ahead, before the president even announces his pick, the battle over the next Supreme Court justice has already begun. The big names and big money are in position to fight over the crucial decision. The panel weighs in next. In just hours, you should have seen what happened in this break. President Trump will announce his choice to fill the soon-to-be-vacant spot on the Supreme Court. It's a decision that could significantly reshape American life for generations. And he is down to the final four contenders, or so we hear. But no matter who he picks, both Democrats and Republicans are very clearly gearing up for war. The panel tonight, Evan Siegfried is here. He's a Republican strategist and author of GOP GPS. Charles Blow is here, CNN political commentator and columnist at the New York Times. Paris Denard is a CNN political commentator and a member of President Trump's reelection advisory board. And Caitlin Huey Burns is a national political reporter with Real Clear Politics. Let's get to it, everyone. I have too many questions and not enough time. Caitlin, of the four contenders, we don't need to go into exactly who these people are for a wonderfully... Mm more yeah. educated on the American side of things than we are educated on their mm -hmm. side of things, the international audience. Um, they're all conservative. They're all conservative mm -hmm. ideologically. Does it matter who he picks? I mean, if you pick someone like Amy Coney Barrett, she might have a more difficult time than some of the others uh, in terms of coalescing the Republicans around her for support. But by and large, Republicans generally want to get to yes when it comes to the Supreme Court pick. Um, there isn't much daylight among them. We also know that the president really likes how uh, Gorsuch went down, right? He was confirmed pretty easily, even got three Democrats to come on board. Which is so strange because it was so traditional how it went down. Yeah. It was rolled out. Mm -hmm. There was a mm -hmm. Sherpa. I'm going to say it as many times as there I can. There was a Sherpa. There was a Sherpa. <laughs> there were meetings. It was so mm -hmm. traditional, non-traditional And Trump. it is pretty amazing how it, this pick has been kept under wraps until now. I mean, we still don't know. Uh, reportedly, he's still deciding. Right. Uh, but we still don't know who the pick is. But he liked the way that Gorsuch went down and the ability that he had to get, um, you know, have momentum for this pick. Do we... Do, are they finally keeping something under wraps, Paris, or has he not decided, do you think? I don't think the president has decided. I think that the president is trying to uh, make the decision that it's going to be best. It's harder to believe that it wouldn't leak out of the White right. House. Right. I mean, <laughs> look, if, they, if, they knew, if someone knew, this would have been leaked a long time ago. I think the president wants to do something that is going to be significant and go as, like you said, as well as the Neil Gorsuch's pick did. And I think the other thing is the president understands that he has been very transparent in this whole process by putting out the list for several months in advance on the yeah. persons that he who he wants to pick from. And so at this time for him, it's who's going to be the best pick, who's going to be the pick that I can have on that bench for a very long, for a generation, mm -hmm. for at least 30 years, like uh, Justice Kennedy was. And so he wants to get it right. No matter where, I mean, our conversations last week a lot, Evan, were whose party is this? Is there a really, is there a definite break now between the Donald Trumps of the party? I mean, we have this whole conversation about Max Boots column in the Washington Post and 
where's the conservative to go in the Donald Trump era? Is this the one thing where everyone who voted for Donald Trump on the Republican side in 2016, they can come together around this? And the Republicans who did not vote for Donald Trump. We're all sitting at a campfire singing Kumbaya and roasting marshmallows with any of these four. I think it's going to be down to Brett Kavanaugh or Thomas Hardiman. Those seem to be the final Those two. Those are kind of the more, tra- if you will, the traditional And the picks. two more moderate, actually, of those four. I think that it's also interesting that we should note that today is the 150th anniversary of the enactment of the 14th Amendment. And we're still seeing the 14th Amendment play out in Supreme Court cases. Roe v. Wade, particularly. Bush v. Gore, uh, the marriage equality, as well as Brown v. Board of Ed. And whomever the next justice is, is going to be addressing that. And I think that It was not by design by the White House, but it's going to be an interesting dialogue when we talk about what is in the 14th Amendment and what this potential nominee's views are on it. Charles, what are you listening for when the president announces it tonight? Is there anything in particular that would make you say, I'm not not sitting waiting with bated breath to see this? No, not at all. I mean, like Kara said, he he already signaled he's going to choose from among this vetted list of nominees. It's going to be a very Mm -hmm. conservative person. You you can find some daylight between them, but it's it's really shades. Uh, uh, This is going to be a conservative. Uh, Whatever the Democrats do, even if they could somehow find a way to block the first one, this, there's a list. You, <laughs> Block 25, everyone. What, <laughs> what precedent in American history has two successive nominees been blocked from the court? We've blocked one, and then the next one got, got, got made it through. It's just eventually he's going to have one of these very conservative justices on the court. That is just the way it is. Now it's just about messaging. Uh, and and who can message this better on a political side, mm. but on a practical side, on a on a philosophical uh, ju- jurisprudence side, there is real danger to some of the principles that liberals hold dear, because this does shift. This is not Gorsuch. This is Gorsuch was not fundamentally changing the balance of the court. This is, and that means that we, we don't know what how any particular jur- jurist will uh, rule on anything. You. Roberts upset a lot of people when mm-hmm. he, his rulings on um, on the health care. But mm-hmm. in general, these people have a body of work and a, body, uh, and a kind of track record. And we know that they're conservatives and they're going to kind of lean in that direction. That's just this is our new reality. This is our new generation. We are going to be dealing with this. Even if you have even if you have ba- shifts and balances in the uh, 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 in the Senate and in the Congress, even if the president changes, even if you get a swelling Uh, a liberal majority in this country, you're still going to have to deal with this. This is a thing now. This is a thing. This is a thing, and that's why everyone says elections have consequences, because the President of the United States is the only person who can choose a justice. Guys, much more to come. I'm going to say it again because I can. We're going to sherpa to the break now. Coming up, is Michael Cohen sending President Trump a message? A fight between Cohen's lawyer and Trump's lawyer when we come back. I totally... I'm going to just... Nothing, Dana. They wouldn't be pressing for this interview if they had anything. If they had evidence of a crime, they'd write a report. And uh, they can't write their report because on collusion, they have nothing. Okay. On, on, on obstruction, they have a, a constitutionally suspect theory. 
Okie dokie. That was President Trump's attorney, Rudy Giuliani, doing what he does these days, casting doubt on the Russia investigation. That's essentially what he was hired to do. Does that get them any closer or further away, though, from the long-discussed, much-debated possibility of the president facing questioning by the special counsel? And also, what signal is Trump's now former personal attorney trying to send amid all of this? Let's get back to the panel. When, Caitlin, when Rudy Giuliani goes on the airwaves and says, mm-hmm. well, a lot, but when he says, essentially, now he's setting a new bar for if Donald Trump is ever going to sit down mm-hmm. um, for an interview, what case is Rudy Giuliani trying to make here now? He's trying to say that this investigation is bogus to begin with, and we don't think that we should participate in it unless a good case for this investigation is made, and we mm-hmm. haven't seen it. So we've seen him do that. We've seen him try to you know, undermine the credibility of, of witnesses, perhaps. He's talked very negatively, of course, about James Comey, as many others have. Uh, James Comey, of course, could potentially be a witness in the obstruction part of this case. So you're seeing the, the legal team you know, going out there to defend the president and also to discredit the investigation in its entirety so that the pre- they have have room for the president not to have to sit down. And you know what? When you look at the public polling, it's starting to uh, kind of make a difference in terms of how people are viewing this whole thing. Right. So is this, I mean, essentially the final proof needed, um, Paris, on if the president has ever said, and he has, that he would love to sit down and love to speak to the special counsel. I mean, all of that is insincere. This is the, I mean, you can't, you, if you just keep moving the goalposts, you, there's no sincere effort that you really want to sit down with this guy. I believe that the president would really like to sit down and talk. But I think that his attorneys uh, are advising against that greatly for, <laughs> for, for several reasons. And I think that this is why you see um, the, 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 the attorneys like Rudy Giuliani out there trying to put, raise the, like you said, raise the goalposts mm-hmm. and move the line yeah. on how, on why or how he's going to go down and speak because they know that opening up that can of worms is a very dangerous one for any client, especially when he's the president of the United States. And then enter Michael Cohen, Evan, and it's now it's lawyer versus, it's like lawyer versus lawyer, PR, battle royale du jour. Do they mix enough? I tried. Um, what is going on with Michael Cohen? He's speaking to people through sources, and he's sending signals. Why is he doing it? I understand what he's trying to say, which is like, beware, be careful what you wish for. Why do you think he's doing it? He knows what are on the tapes that were seized by the FBI and are being reviewed by Judge Wood and her special master. I think he's very worried about protecting himself, especially since the taxi king, who he was in business with, flipped a New York state court yeah. on all of those corruption charges. And he is worried about his personal future. He's going to be spending, even if he did nothing wrong, the vast majority of his money on lawyers for the next several months or even years. And he's trying to find the best way out of it. And he knows that he might have information on Donald Trump that would be of interest to the special prosecutor or even state prosecutors. Remember, he wasn't being Donald Trump's lawyer going in on these very high-end mergers. They have huge, big law firms like Perkins Coie right. and others to do that. He was the fixer, the guy who knows where the bodies are buried. And maybe it's just the, uh, the porn star stuff and, or that he knows about, or maybe it's something else. He's trying to sell himself because he has to be marketable because he's trying to save his own skin at this point in the game. Sure seems like it. Um, this also happened. I want you to listen to Rudy Giuliani, guys. This is him for the weekend, and then also Donald Trump from May of 2017. Listen to this. He didn't direct him to do that. What he said to him was, can you, can you give Comey me a Comey says he took it as direction. Well, that's okay. I mean, I've taken it that way. I mean, by that time, he had been fired. And uh, he said a lot of other things, some of which have turned out to be untrue. Uh, the reality is, as a prosecutor, 
I was told that many times. Can you give the man a break, either by his lawyers, by his relatives, by friends? You take that into consideration, but you know, that doesn't determine that not going forward with it. Did you at any time urge former FBI Director James Comey in any way, shape, or form to close or to back down the investigation into Michael Flynn? And also, as you look no. back... No. Next question. Can you give the man a break? No, I never, never, never tried to tell him to stop the investigation. Can both of these things be true, Charles? You know they're not true. I mean, I, I, don't, know. I, don't, know, I don't know how to talk. Like, it's a serious point here. Like, I don't know how to talk about this constant lying thing like I, it really it as a person who's a news business it really irks me mm-hmm. I, it irks me that we move past it like we just kind of say oh well he was inaccurate about that or if you know he said 20 billion it was one billion, like whatever the thing is and we just say oh he he misrepresented there's no cost to it though but, there's but, no, but, there's but, no... but i just i just think like it's just you know kind of among us particularly in news, okay, sure, all these kind of we should we shouldn't move past him lying to the american people in the White House, right? That, where yes. was he? In the White House. We should move past that. That, that, that we sh- And that should throw up all sorts of red flags about how, whether or not we trust anything they're saying about the investigation or anything else. So when I see him constantly lying, and when fact checkers find him constantly lying, yeah. he never apologizes for that, never takes it back, never tries to correct the record, but nothing. Today we will leave it there, and we will let Charles Blow have his moment. <laughs> We're stopping. It was a lie. We're moving on. Day 536 of President Trump's administration. It's also 120 days until the midterm elections. That's the state of America tonight. Paris, you get your rebut next show. We'll see you back here tomorrow. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So, you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.